0: much like a rose in bloom you can't pick beauty without a few thorns
1: (laughs) i'm living in brooklyn and you're in high school (laughs)
0: you You know what i love a new york throwback because it makes me think of the better times and that is the energy (laughs) that is needed Maybe in this city, but also in the minds of many Bravo holics, you guys. It's Andy's girls. It's episode two hundred and forty-five. Holy fucking shit! Wow. And I am—I'm right. And I'm so excited to be joined by one of my absolute favorite guests on the People's People's Couch. You know her as writer, producer, host of the podcast Pot Psychology, and dragger of all things bees. My God. Talk about a little bit of a singer stinger. I love to see her. And thanks so much for coming back on the show. Tracy Morrissey. How are you you? having me?
1: I'm good. You know, it's soaking wet outside, but I'm good.
0: Mm. I was actually so I have been stuck in my fucking apartment all weekend because I had to rest after getting the third dose of the vax and then we had like a hurricane or something yesterday. People were asking me, and I was like, honestly, I haven't looked outside, but like that's what it word was just on the a street. lot of
1: rain. It wasn't that. It wasn't even a lot of wind. It was just tons and tons of rain. It's still raining. My dog refuses to go outside in the rain, so she has not pooped <laughs> in like two days. So I'm a little concerned about her, but she seems all right.
0: I mean, it happens. Listen, <laughs> not to get personal, but sometimes it happens. Um, is it rain? I'm like looking out my window now. It looks okay right now, but I think it's supposed to rain a little bit. This is, uh, this is the here. EG weather on the ones right yeah. now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Brooklyn to the Upper East Side, we've got you covered. So listen, how are you? How's pot psychology? How are things going?
1: It's good. Everything is good. Um, my latest celebrity uh investigation happened accidentally Uh but it's on the most recent episode of pot psychology we realized totally by accident that matthew mcconaughey has been changing and evolving his origin story of all right all right all right and giving wildly different details over the course of the last like seven or eight years (laughs) So not like it clip- because
0: of Dazed and Confused or am I getting that completely wrong? Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: it was. It was from Dazed and Confused. It was the first thing he ever said uh, in a film. Like it was his first film right. job. It was ad libbed and he has told, I mean, I heard him first tell the story because I listened to his audiobook, Green Lights, which I highly recommend. It's really like it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird enough to be really good. Rate he he talks he tells a story about like his father giving mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to his parrot and it working and he's just he seems like he tells a lot of tall tales just from that just from that book it seemed like to me so then we were like listening to my friend my co-host rich was listening to a public enemy song where they say all right all right in the same kind of cadence as matthew mcconaughey he was like i wonder if matthew mcconaughey got that from this song And then so then we Googled like origin stories and we just started watching him on a bunch of different talk shows and he's gives a different story like his it has evolved over the years like at first he said he was listening to The Doors and they say it in their one of their songs and then he was saying that he was listening to Ted Nugent and it was it's just like it has just changed. I think he's just a good storyteller but he just uh, he just like uh, peppers it with different details and it's sort of taken on a life of its own over the last few years so you know i i i think it's interesting i don't know if maybe if it maybe it's just because he smoked too much pot and he doesn't remember you know (laughs) might be burnout i mean that's possible
0: (laughs) totally possible do you think it also has something to do with the fact that he like maybe is genuinely considering a run for governor of texas and he wants to, like, make it into more of an inspiration narrative?
1: I mean, maybe. I mean, I think he just, I think it was, like, his prep for, like, trying to be on inside the actor's studio. Because it's, like, all about, oh. you know, him, like, thinking about the process and who is his character and getting into the character's mind. But it's just weird because the details just, like, kept keep changing over the years. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't think there was anything nefarious about it. I just think he's just a little bit
0: sloppy. I mean sidebar, I miss Inside the Actor Studio so much. That was like pre- that was Inside the Actor Studio, the it factor. That was pres- like genuinely prestige TV for Bravo and I don't think they could ever do it again because James Lipton unfortunately passed away and yeah. they tried with fucking Alec Baldwin, which is a wild ass a wild ass pick. Just because of the way he
1: talks. I think and I, His speech. I
0: don't know that he's a gr- I don't know that the person who should be leading it should be a name let alone an actor I think it should be someone similar to, a to teacher, like James right? Lipton yeah a teacher or someone affiliated with the actor studio or because well, the actor studio it's like a part of Fordham or something now. I forget. Sorry, guys. But um, I think it should be someone that actors respect. No, no disrespect to Alec Baldwin, who's like living his best life, but um, or a life, someone's <laughs> life, the life Alaria has decided is his <laughs> destiny. But um, yeah, I think that they went like super. I was actually supposed to go to the first taping of the Alec Baldwin reboot, and I canceled day of because I was just not in the mood. wasn't <laughs> yeah. feeling it. Um, listen, Tracy, we have so much to talk about. We have so much to discuss. I mean, need to get your thoughts first and foremost on Potomac. Last night's episode is really a triumph, good. Great. A masterpiece.
1: Yeah. Ha- I like that. How are you Yeah, tell me calling Giselle out on her shit that's not Karen. You know, because like Giselle mm-hmm. tries to make it seem like, you know, because Karen says shit to her that it's just you know, because Karen is unhappy in her life, and her man doesn't love her, and blah 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 blah. And now that like you know, she has Wendy, who actually verbally mm-hmm. can attack her in a way that Giselle won't be able to like swat off. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think that I think that Wendy's right. I mean, and and Wendy, you know, is is pissed because they're bringing it up on the show. Like that's like. The main thing that the affair or the alleged affair the, the rumor they're like you know bringing it up for like a storyline and she's told like that's exactly what Giselle is doing because Giselle has no storyline to offer of her own really because she doesn't want to be well do you think that she was lying about um like do you think it was all bullshit when she was getting back with Jamal or do you think that was real?
0: I can't figure it out because the ways that she was avoiding even answering the question of are you guys still together Mm -hmm. shows me a little snippet of like the humiliation that she must feel. Like I I wonder if Giselle is more heartbroken about this not working out in whatever form professionally or romantically or heartbroken because maybe Karen was right. But regardless, I find it odd that she would utilize – not mute, that she would normalize this relationship with her daughters if it wasn't real, because I feel like there's so much risk involved
1: Yeah, that's with true. your
0: kids that it's surprising to me, but maybe they had an arrangement and I, I, I sort of also can't believe it's real because I, it's hard for me to believe that she's that stupid genuinely, but like, look at Khloe Kardashian. So I I don't know. It seems it's so obvious that he's not a worthy partner. <laughs> yeah. But they were together in the sense that that's the dynamic we were watching play out on TV. I don't know. What are what do you think? Do you think it was real?
1: I think that um, it was half and half. I think that like mm-hmm. it wasn't real for him. And I think it wasn't really real for her. But I think that she was OK enough for it to be fake. Like, I think that, like, um, you know, the, the idea of, like, having their family intact and back together was probably attractive to her. And that's probably why she was, like, telling her daughters, well, he's going to be around more and blah, blah, blah. Um, But I think that they weren't, I don't think they had, like, this deep connection. I mean, because just the way that Robin reacted mm. to it, and Robin actually likes her, And Robin was like, yeah, I wasn't surprised that that ended. No. So and Robin is someone who got back together with her ex. So, um, you know, I I am torn, too. But I I think that um, it was an arrangement between them for maybe him to get some money to make appearances on the show. And I think maybe she was hoping that he would move back in with them.
0: It is so fascinating to watch her shoot down any conversation topic revolving around her quote-unquote real relationship as presented on the show she won't even say whether or not they're definitively still together or broken up and yet her expectations for wendy like weaponizing the ways that wendy is celebrating her body or Uh, maybe acting in a way that is different from how she did last year, whatever it is, her expectation of vulnerability when it's all being weaponized, because the narrative that Giselle is presenting is like, these things are happening because there's trouble in your marriage, or these things are happening because you're related, you're reacting to rumors about something negative happening in your marriage. Her expectation for Wendy to, discuss what if true would be incredibly vulnerable information and yet Giselle won't even say if she's still with Jamal is just such a fascinating divide
1: she's just such an she's just like evil for no reason (laughs) you know what I mean like she's just like she reminds me of you know in um the Simpsons Reverend Lovejoy his wife is like a total bitch and always <laughs> says, like, nasty shit to Marge. But, you know, you expect the reverend's wife to be, you know, very Christian-like or very super nice mm-hmm. and empathetic. And that's Giselle.
0: She is not. I don't know. It's something that Wendy said. And I forget the language used. But, like, Giselle doesn't seem to have an underst... It's not even capacity giselle doesn't seem to have an understanding of what empathy looks like like the ways that she was speaking to robin i'm thinking to myself Mm -hmm. let this woman communicate if she's feeling pain stop trying to shame her into doing better and i know that giselle thinks it's coming from a good place but like what is your record of success with this did someone do this to you over and over and you just thought this was the method or the mode because it's it's not this is not it just shaming her and being like you need to do better because your company is going to explode and your uh, fiance ex-husband is going to leave you that doesn't get someone out of bed that doesn't get someone out the door I mean
1: I think that everything that Giselle said was the truth, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that's just not, like, you're you're right. It's, like, not how you cure depression. I mean, it's very, very clear that Robin is depressed. I don't think it's just seasonal depression. I think maybe she's a little bit ashamed to admit that she might have depression, that she has depression. Like, you don't go back to bed, you know? Like if you're not depressed in in the morning, you know, like getting out of bed and like doing the one thing you have to do at the last minute and then getting back in bed, that's depression. So I think that um I think that she probably has been depressed for quite a while because of the money thing and the Juan thing and there were like things that sh- that like buoyed her in the meantime like you know being on this show or you know Juan moving back in with them, but I think when COVID happened, and I think this happened for a lot of people, um, the sadness that they had underneath the like facade when, when you no longer had to put on that facade anymore because you weren't really like seeing people, it the sadness mm-hmm. just completely overtook people. So I think that that's something that has happened to her. And she's like, not like, it doesn't seem like she's getting like the help that she needs to get.
0: I mean, I don't know from a, like, diagnostics perspective what it is. She's discussed on social since last week's app aired that she um, is looking into a diagnosis diagnosis of ADHD. She also mentioned on the show that she thinks that she's dealing with PTSD, which I could Mm -hmm. 1000% see happening and being triggered by the pandemic feeling like you're alone feeling like you're dealing with unexpected loss and pain and how you know Robin is at this point now where it's like she has a business that's taking off she remembers what happened the last time she had it all and it feels to me like she's afraid of getting to the next level because she would maybe just be holding her breath waiting for it to be unexpectedly taken away and I could see all of that being triggered by the pandemic I could also see it happening regardless of the pandemic and it's just so interesting to hear like Robin say these things that are talk about vulnerability incredibly vulnerable and Giselle who has business experience but not maybe. I mean, like you can learn from your mistakes. Like I thought every you was a fucking great idea, but we haven't seen it in a while. It's, it, it feels to me like Robin is looking for maybe a life coach, maybe something else, maybe a friend. And I just don't know what skill set Giselle has. In which to like deliver on any of those levels.
1: Yeah, no, she's not. She's not a comforting kind of person.
0: And yet she's been given the benefit of grace sometimes because she's like sort of LVP style. She's so good at this. That, you know, doing the machinations behind the scenes or whatever it is, guiding people into having certain discussions, bringing stuff, you know, in front of the cameras or whatever else where people get caught up in the chaos and not the person who like lit the match. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to watch Ashley navigate Giselle because it feels like Ashley is giving every benefit of the doubt to Giselle to the extent that she's even telling Wendy like, Oh, she didn't, that didn't happen in that way about a conversation that Ashley wasn't there for (laughs) was not, was not even in the same state at that point. And Ashley is such a smart person. How do you process that? How do you process her, her just sort of devotion to, or alliance with Giselle? Um, well, I guess,
1: I don't know, I mean, because the she still has, like, issues with Candace, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't know, I think, also, when after you have a baby, you're just, like, n- nicer to everyone, and, and it seems like Giselle has really laid it on to, like, reach out Mm -hmm. to Ashley and be like comforting Mm -hmm. and they did talk about you know how they pooped when they delivered and that is like a bonding experience (laughs) so I think maybe Mm -hmm. that's like part of it and she doesn't know Wendy as well and Wendy did like go hard on Monique without really knowing Monique very well so and Mm -hmm. you know uh, Ashley's really close with Monique so it might just be some other kind of like bullshit in the background but i do think that ashley like i think that giselle was right that ashley um would be the person to talk to wendy about that stuff because she has experienced those sorts of things and the things about michael have been true
0: i mean the things about jamal have been true oh they right? Are.
1: oh oh jamal jamal i i meant eddie like i i don't believe the eddie stuff do you
0: believe the eddie stuff Oh, not even for a single second. Yeah. Eddie to me gives off huge Jonathan Schindler vibes, um, big Evan vibes. I yeah. see him as a guy who is a genuinely caring and supportive spouse. He seems. As see close Jonathan to, like, Schindler like
1: Schindler's lips. Thompson. No. No. Oh. I oh. Oh.
0: Ramona's ears just perked. Um uh, no, I meant that in terms of that that happens to be as like Heather Thompson's husband. <laughs>
1: OK, I did not remember his name. But, <laughs> That's a deep track, cut. I
0: forget. So, that is, I mean, I think about him all the time. Jonathan Schindler is one of my favorite husbands of all time, um, house husbands of all time. Uh, yeah, I don't think for a single second. But I think that it is obviously Wendy understands the ways that rumors can be manipulated and stretched. And she doesn't want her husband involved in that. Like, it's probably bad enough yeah. that someone is spreading this shit.
1: It's one she, thing when it's online. It's different when it goes on right? TV. It has a whole other run, you know.
0: And I think that Giselle understands that, which is why. Absolutely. Like, does Ashley really make sense to be the one to discuss this? Because I don't think Ashley would have discussed it on camera had she not been told about it on camera by Giselle. Like, why isn't Giselle talking about All of the Jamal stuff that's happened. Like, why are we... Oh,
1: because she's deflecting big time. She, It's just, like, she's been trying to get the Eddie stuff on... Like, she's been trying to get it to be a storyline for at least three episodes now. She's mentioned it several times. And now it's, like, finally, you know, the seeds that she's planted have bloomed.
0: Mm. And here we are. I mean, I don't know that she understood what was coming her way but it's not going to stop or slow down anytime soon like Giselle's a little bit fucked now like I would not want Wendy to be looking at me the way she is at Giselle because Wendy can do this Wendy can do this in ways that Moni cannot or could not
1: yeah Yes.
0: and yeah right like and the Karen stuff, it's like, yeah, Karen is gonna double down on this. like <sighs> Karen is gonna support Wendy in every possible way and it might be because she's genuinely disgusted. It might also be sh- because she can see like this could end Giselle not like yes. getting her off the show, but just absolutely drag her dragging her.
1: I thought that but I thought like when Karen was talking to Wendy in the last episode before this one that was an example of someone being like empathetic and compassionate to a friend you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like she was really Mm -hmm. like supportive and nice and was like don't wear that outfit like why are you dressing for her i think that that and i don't think she had an ulterior motive with that i think that she well at least i i don't think so i think karen is a little bit more um led by emotion you know than or like her gut than like Giselle I feel like plays chess pieces in her head I don't know if Karen does that so much I think Karen is more in the moment but who knows yeah
0: yeah I agree with you I think Karen's more instinctive and I also think regardless of whether or not she was thinking about it hurting Giselle in the long run it it would like K- Karen happens to be right on the money here and yeah so it doesn't hurt that she's also like I am, this could maybe be weaponized against Giselle at a later point because I do think she meant well in the moment. Yeah. And I also think like this, this, this season is the um, end result of several seasons of simmering tension between Giselle and Karen. And it's so fascinating that it's like coming to a head, but not necessarily through Karen herself. Like it's coming to a head because I feel like, people are saying sort of similar to what happened with the LVP Raider online thing where it's like, okay, this is going to be the thing. You might have thought that you were doing this with good intentions, but you still did it. And Mm -hmm. we are going to now bring up everything else. And it's just going to be interesting to, to me. For some reason I'm focused on the Ashley of it all. And that might have something to do with Ashley and Candace just to the extent of like, the ways that Ashley and Candace are going to react to this seemingly diametrically opposed, maybe, but like, maybe not. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Candace is almost never, I'm I'm almost never on her side. Mm. Uh, although I did agree with her that if there was the fashion police, Giselle would be locked up for life. <laughs> under the nail. That was great. under the fantastic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, Candace is having a good season so far. I have to say, she's gonna ruin it. She always does, but she's having a really strong. Her she's responses ca- to things in the moment are hilarious.
1: She's been really funny. Yeah,
0: the moment of like, why did you say? She's like crackers. And <laughs> 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 he was like, Robin, you're drunk. Shut the fuck up. Um, I just think it was you know a fantastic episode for Potomac. I mean, all in all, I feel bad about. And no one's really about-
1: come for Robin like that before either. Robin has just been able to skate by this whole time. And, Mm -hmm. well, Monique did one time, I guess. But Mm -hmm. with the umbrella, right? Weren't they, like, didn't they, like, Mm -hmm. get in each other's faces or something a couple years ago? Yeah, and uh,
0: you don't want Juan Dixon to be here right now or whatever the line was. Yeah,
1: but, like, no one really came. I mean, Wendy came hard at Robin. And, you know, Robin, I, I think that she's kind of, like, right on the money. I think that Robin, you know, as... She she was telling it. I think Robin has issues with depression and she's really super unhappy. I think Giselle is also really super unhappy and they are just projecting on other people and like lashing out and trying to like spread their misery.
0: Do you think that their power dynamic could ever be separated? I mean, they are no. so united together. Is that is that just kind of like a lifelong penguin style mating for life situation? Are they yes, just I think bonded so. together at this point?
1: And it's actually like really unique to Housewives because I've noticed over the years that when these like really really tight friendships
0: mm-hmm. are on the
1: show, they last for two seasons. You get two mm-hmm. seasons of tight friendship, and on the third. It blows up like Jill and mm-hmm. Bethany, Carol and Bethany, um, Gretchen LVP and Tamra.
0: Yes. Brandon, Brandy and Stephanie. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. So you get these like um, although I think Brandy and Stephanie. They're also together forever. They had a they had a a bump in the road for them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like totally like, you know, friendship or relationship ending. And so um, I think that. It's so I think it's really unique, Robin and and Giselle's relationship because I don't think they're gonna. I, I mean I can't. I don't think they're gonna unless Giselle just does something. It would be Giselle. Giselle would have to do something really crazy, and then for Robin to get real pissed because I don't think Robin would ever do anything to piss off Giselle.
0: I mean I think it would have to involve Juan, but I don't know that she said anything to Robin about Juan. I don't know that she could get any more explicit than she has unless it's some sort of rumors thing but honestly if Robin is hearing it through Giselle she's going to process it differently than if she hears Mm -hmm. it from anybody else because there's such a foundation of like trust and like if you cross the line I'm going to move it for you so I don't I don't know how it could happen but that would be fascinating I don't know how it could happen, and it's definitely not going to be this season, but that would be fucking fascinating. It would <gasps> – someone would have to be desperate. Giselle would be having to come hap- – she would have to come from a place of such desperation in which to make that move. Because once you make it, you can't go back. But yes, I would – die to see it <laughs> <You> <laughs> want to see great TV. um listen speaking of great tv I need to shift gears a little bit because Beverly Hills Jesus f- fucking Christ
1: great great right. it has been great
0: have you changed your mind at all or has your perception shifted at all having followed the Erica Jane in real time as these episodes have come out, is there anything that's been surprising to you?
1: No, I think she absolutely knew what was going on.
0: Oh, there we go. All right. And
1: I, there's, a, there's a couple of tells for me. See, all right, I don't know if you, you remember this. I did remind you about it before, but I think you don't remember. But when- <laughs> never do. <laughs> I never do. I never – you know this, Tracy. I never When remember. we went – we were at BravoCon two years ago, and I was like, we were walking from one event to the other, and I was like, there, you know, everyone's talking about Dorit, but it's Erica that ha- that's going to have the real crazy problems, like something big is coming for them. And it, that happened, and so mm-hmm. I knew that two years ago. She certainly knew that two years ago because she actually had inside information was being served with these lawsuits, you know what I mean? Uh-uh-uh. So yeah. even if she didn't know up to that point... She would have known by that point, you know, by two years ago, being served with the lawsuits. You know, you do a little bit of digging. Here's the other tell. She said that she only had credit cards. She doesn't know how to do a bank situation. She doesn't know about ATM cards. She doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. And that, to me, was the biggest crock of bullshit. She was a single mom until she was 28 years old, and had that baby when she was like 20. She was a, she's a plucky stripper that made it in Hollywood. She knows how mm. to fucking get money out of an ATM she knows how to get money out of old men and ATMs she knows how to get cash so that was bullshit that was like some like she can't play this like poor little she can't do the Teresa J defense and I 100% believe that Teresa didn't really know it, what was going on totally because it's a different culture it that it's a totally different culture and I would maybe maybe if Erica had married Tom out of college and never mm-hmm. had uh, – th- then I then I might believe like, oh, okay, she has no world experience. But she lived in New York City for like 10 years. She has experience. She knows how to take care of herself. So that was a lie. The other thing that was a lie was when she showed up to go on like some hike with Kyle or have a talk with Kyle. Kyle – it was a really sunny day. Kyle was wearing sunglasses. Erica came with no sunglasses on. And then mm-hmm. when she started crying – her makeup was running all over her face. Her makeup has never ran. Her makeup has been perfect every single episode of her time on Beverly Hills. You know that they only put waterproof mascara on her. So that was that was intentional. That was that was totally planned. So those are some of my tells that I think that, you know, and then also the story with the like car crash. Why did it? why was that so weird like that was really weird right when she was telling that story like why are you telling this story all of a sudden and he was laying there for 12 hours and no one found him like what are you like what um so that to me was like her like trying to feed into this theory that tom is mentally uh incapacitated or whatever but yeah. I'm sure you watched The Housewife and The Hustler or whatever it was called, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely.
1: They, I mean, and you go into those victims' stories, which is what was so great about that um, that little mini-doc was that it was all about the victims and mm-hmm. and what they did and what Tom, you know, is alleged to have done and, the like, leaving all those voicemails where he's, like, very clearly lying and he got caught in these lies. That's been going on for 10 or 12 years. So... It's not like all of a sudden after this accident three years ago, he had forgotten things. Plus, in in California, when you have an LLC of money in an LLC, you can't be sued. Like, personally, they cannot take your money from your LLC except your business. So he knew exactly what he was doing when he was transferring that money into her LLC.
0: Well, I, is it with an LLC? Because I remember having this conversation with my accountant and with my bank um, where I do have a debit card because I have a terrible credit. But um, I remember there being a conversation of like opening an LLC because, and this is in New York, like if you were to in any way in, have litigation serve, the point is that it's limited liability so that they mm-hmm. can't come after your personal assets. It's The structure of it is such that a person could only come after i think your business assets but i don't know if that's accurate well if accurate. they're suing
1: if something was wrong with your business like if your business did right. something say like you said something say you know because we're talking shit about Erica she wants to sue you they can Love only it. go after the llc they can't go after you personally so now she's being they're being sued civilly like personally mm. they're not suing the business although they did mention like oh well that they they were hiding oh. the money here Um, and that's why they're you know they're doing like when Sutton was talking about forensics like yeah they're doing like financial forensics and it's like not looking good for them they're gonna be able to trace where the money went eventually um, unless it's like in the Cayman Islands or something like that Um, but I think that I think that you know Erica my my personal theory this is totally just supposition I just I I have no idea if any of this is correct this is just my personal theory i think she found out he was um stepping out on her with like other ladies and paying for their plastic surgery and shit like that 10 years ago she found that out and then had made an agreement with him where they would stay married but then he would have to start funding her her career and her dreams and aspirations and then she would look the other way and i think that that's like why a lot of that money was funneled to her and it was like for her career to take off and um i think that they're not too far off the mark when they mentioned that in the lawsuits that he misused this money on her, her like pop music career i think that i that that's probably very close to the truth in my opinion
0: when she says repeatedly if he took all of that money i'd like to know where it is How much of a level of complicity, if at all, do you think that she shares in the spreading of a narrative that there is a bucket of if he if he stole the money, there is a bucket of cash somewhere where people are going to find tens of millions of dollars, as opposed to the idea that you are wearing it, you are traveling in it, you are driving in it. Do you think that she is purposefully not connecting the dots or does she not understand?
1: No, I think that she's smart and she's just playing a part right now. She's not stupid. She didn't get where she is today because she is a dope. You know, she knows what's going on. She knows what's going on. And when she said that you know oh it's the victims that matter it's like okay well then why don't you pay them out of the big chunk of money you have in your LLC if you really believe that but I also think that in her heart she believes she earned that money you know yeah I will say that like if I had to suck like a 80 year old man's dick (laughs) I would think I earned every fucking penny of that money too
0: First off, that's uh, completely against my faith as a, as a Jewish woman. Um, so for religious reasons, I decline to answer. Um, but I, yeah, the idea that she feels like she deserves this or worked for it, I do understand in the sense that, like, she became – You know, she started her pop career well before Housewives, but became very famous as a pop icon and a housewife because of Beverly Hills. And probably believes that she deserves, it's like the idea of divorce, of like a divorce, a contentious divorce of like you're not supposed to live. What is it? Like you're not supposed to live b- below the lifestyle to which you've become accustomed or something. Yeah. Like I think she she be- she maybe thinks that she deserves to live the life that she was accustomed to. The problem is that that life was like supported and enabled by direct and longstanding theft Hmm. And I don't know that anyone aside from Sutton and Garcelle and maybe Crystal has connected the dots in real time as we have to the idea that everyone is focused on if she knew, which is a good question, but not the only question. The second part of that is, were you helped by this? Did you enable it? And Mm -hmm. have you at the end of the day, benefited from it yeah, and I, mean, that's I don't undeniable. know how she could say no I don't think she would say yes because she wouldn't want to feel like she was being looked at as complicit but babe like I don't know if the Chagall's I mean she didn't even want the Chagall but like that panther ring it's yeah. fucking purring like a kitten right now why the, the fuck you was you Tom want?
1: buying a Chagall what was it two years ago or something? Yeah, I think it was was
0: Chicago or an anniversary. because he wanted it. It was their anniversary.
1: I know, but, like, he must have known at that point that they were so up to their eyeballs. I mean, he was taking out crazy loans. So why why would he do that? Was he trying to, like, flip it? Was he trying to, like, buy it as an investment and try to, like, turn it over and, you know, sell it for much more money to, like, try to, like, you know, cover his ass or something? Like, that's it's just wild is he still in the house or did he get the boot
0: i think he got the boot i think he's with his brother i mean but like why did he do it maybe because he felt like the time was running out and he needed to get rid of the cash maybe he felt like his wife being a celebrity actually protected him against ever being held accountable he bought every judge he bought the bar he bought fellow lawyers so that people couldn't get second uh counsel i just thought of something I think he, he, bought it, that, like, she, he bought it. He bought it to totally.
1: launder it. He laundered it because he gave it oh, to her totally. as a gift. He gave it to her as a gift, so they can't sue. Mm. He. I think he thought they weren't gonna be able to sue her for it. They gave it to her as a gift. There's been on camera. Um, there are yes, there are people. There was this like one. Um, he's like a mini Bernie Madoff, and I think he was like ugh, he was in some country. I think like either Brazil or Colombia, and he had ripped off a bunch of people at this one bank. And he invested, he bought tons of paintings like Lichtensteins and, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. Picassos. And he he invested all in that and he had them shipped to America. And that was his nest egg that he had, like, to, you know, keep over there so that when he was going to flee the country, finally, he would have that money. He ended up getting arrested and then um, Department of Homeland Security actually, like, um, confiscated all the paintings and return them mm-hmm. so that the money so it could be sold and the money could be returned to the victim so like but for him to like buy it and then give it as a gift because you know she didn't give a fuck about that painting no did she you? said it it was an yeah. lol
0: that like you yeah. didn't do this for me you did it for yourself that was literally a part of the presentation of the episode Mm-hmm.
1: so uh he did that he did that uh that was a calculation on his part for sure And I think that she kind of knew that. I think she knew.
0: I could see him thinking, it helps that my wife is on the show because I can say that these lawsuits are all frivolous and just happening because my wife is on the show. And Mm -hmm. yet, because his wife is on the show, he needs to keep feeding the beast in the sense of making her look like. They are never going to run out of cash, which could maybe also support the idea that he has so much money. Why would he steal other people's Mm -hmm. there are when we talk about complicity or enabling, I think one could make the argument that Erica's continued appearance and characterization on Beverly Hills helped feed his defense until he just honestly ran out of time.
1: I'm curious if we're going to find out that like he gave a lot of money like just cash to women <clears throat> like there may have been like i know someone personally who was extorted by a hooker and she like threatened to tell his family and he had to give her like 2 million dollars and then he Shut finally up. came yeah he finally came clean with his wife because he like couldn't um he like cuz that he needed to sell another one of his properties he he's not a friend of mine i'll just have you know he was someone I mean- that I hate
0: to say it, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) you wouldn't want it. I'm telling you, Okay.
0: I mean, maybe I would Uh, (laughs) ask me again after that Chanel. Uh, Okay. continuing on, continuing on.
1: So, you know, what if like if there were these other women, like maybe there was some of that like Tom was just giving away heaps of cash to other ladies. I mean, because it just doesn't make that's the other thing is like it doesn't really make sense that he had had so much money before. And then was stealing from these victims like did he have a bad investment Um, was was it they were just living so far above their means. I mean Erica's shit is like extremely extravagant Um, but it they they did kind of like make it seem like they could afford to do that.
0: I think it's because he had been stealing for so long that like any Ponzi scheme it was just you were. Paying, stealing from Peter to pay Paul, whatever the fuck the phrase goes. Like, I think yeah. he, he had just been doing this for so long. All, all of the information that we have been given, aside from the narrative that Erica is sharing, or maybe also because of the narrative that Erica is sharing, which is eerily similar to the <laughs> ones being said by Tom's uh, team, yep. is that this had been going on for a while. I think he... Was in a cycle where he was having to pay out some of these claims. And in order to do that, plus support his lifestyle, he was continuing to thieve.
1: It's just so weird, though, because the amounts that he was winning were huge. Huge. I mean, like record, record numbers, hundreds of millions of dollars per case. So, I mean, like that $12 million burn case was a bit small potatoes for him. So that's why I'm like, how? How? I mean, I guess part of it may have been all the divorces. That's possible. Mm-hmm. Th- those are mm-hmm. costly.
0: In California, yeah. too. We're she should have left him. She
1: should have left him.
0: Do you think that the divorce is real? That the narrative around the... Well, two questions. Do- the divorce is real and the narrative around the divorce? What are your thoughts? No. No. Mm-mm. At all?
1: No. I don't think it's real at all. And I think that... Um, That the reason why she got so mad at Garcelle sharing that Tom Mm -hmm. calls her every day is because I think she talks to Tom every day. I think that do I do. I do. I think she talks to Tom every day. I think that they. I think that they are in cahoots. I really do. I mean, that's just my opinion, but I. I think that. Um, it just all is too weird. The story about the the is too weird. Why is Erica telling the same stories that his lawyers are telling? You know, Um, why did she deny that there is infidelity and then like a week later release these old ass text messages like she denied infidelity like completely to Garcelle, who has dealt with that in her own life. So, you know, why would like she only released those text messages when people started saying that the divorce is fake. She wasn't she wasn't going to go there.
0: There were two moments from the episode that made me super like my hairs were raising out of my um, I just in every possible way spiritually and otherwise when Garcelle said fuck Tom because mm-hmm. Kyle's it's not even about Kyle though Kyle's face was like oh my god huh. the idea that we have not seen that once from Erica when it would ostensibly help her so much at least on the show Mm -hmm. is fascinating we have not seen that ace I'm sorry we haven't seen it a single time that was to me uh, kind of honestly unbelievable and the Mm -hmm. other moment where I was like what the fuck is when Garcelle again put her in her place and was like you are going to be absolutely fine which is when I literally thought I was going to die in that moment I was like holy shit and also It's about the victims and Erica's response, which to me was very coached. I think Erica knew about the meeting because Lisa Rinna told her and Lisa Rinna told her everyone is concerned about the victims. So for the absolute very first time that we have seen on camera, Erica said the victims are number one. Mm -hmm. I did not believe her for a single second in that moment and i was actually shaken by how little i believed
1: yeah if the victims are number one then give them money money yeah like i mean her downsizing is still ridiculous her downsizing she's still in a three-bedroom house with a pool and a jacuzzi i mean that's like what that's like a that's like a mansion to a lot of people you know like that's a big fucking house it's not like their old house but it's still she still has a lot she has a lot
0: and the other part of this is she really truly tried to shame and mock and humiliate sutton for taking this as seriously as sutton is and as recently as this week ronald richards who is a conversation frankly for another day said that he plans to like subpoena interview whatever the language is these women about the things Mm -hmm. that they say on camera, he even specifically called out Lisa Rinna herself, which to me is like a little cringe. It does sort of, there's a level of um, oddity to the ways that we receive this information very publicly that makes it feel like a little bit of a circus, but also Sutton was exactly right yes. to seek legal counsel and to make fun of her for that. I wonder if Rinna is sliding into her lawyer's DMs. Absolutely. Because Kyle also,
1: like, they weren't the only, like, mm-hmm. I, and I think that Doree knows exactly what's up, but she just doesn't want to rock the boat. I think that she doesn't want Rinna coming for her. Mm-hmm. So she's just, like, kind of changing her tune, but I think she knows exactly what's up. So, um, wow. I... <laughs> Shh. Judy, come here! Oh,
0: oh my God, it's Serena.
1: So I think that you know, yeah. And, and for Sutton, oh, you know what? Actually, on um, I never really watched this show, but for some reason, it was just like on because of the recording that I had of Beverly Hills. It was um that that girl chat or girl talk, whatever is it? That chat. chat. Yeah, and it was Giselle and Portia and Brandy Glanville. And Giselle mm-hmm. was actually like, I know exactly what Sutton is talking about. Sutton was totally right. She's talking about how she's going to be asked about this a million and one times by people in the press. She's going to have to end up talking about it. And mm-hmm. it's going to be really annoying. She's like, that happened to me a bunch of times with people's drama on the show.
0: Mm-hmm. And she's
1: like, and of course she's going to want to talk to, you. get like legal counsel for that. And I and that's true. And, and it's like, those are the kinds of like, fights that they can't really say because they're on the Mm -hmm. show which is what Giselle said she's like you can't really say that because you're on the show but that's you know what it is
0: yeah and as we've seen even discuss not even discussing it with the press but how you talk about this on the show people are watching like this is a big fucking case and a big deal and Erica is trying to both Gain sympathy about her positioning in it and also shame people from Mm -hmm. saying what is happening is happening I mean you know the LA Times is not radar online and radar online Kyle said she's like this isn't like this
1: isn't like some tabloid
0: it's not and tabloids aren't always wrong but like the L it's it is wild to me I think some of this is coming from a guttural fear, which is going to fuck her because Ronald Richards wants to bury her genuinely. The idea that she's saying, I don't find out about things before they drop on the press. I was like, you are going to regret that sentence. And I don't know that she had any other, I don't, I think she would have been fucked either way because the positioning and the narrative that she has put about, is not served well for her by the truth. So I felt like in the moment she had no choice but to lie, but that lie is going to come back and kick her in the fucking ass because there are ways to find the records of when she was served. Like and it happened before these film these scenes were filmed. Like that's not a benefit to her. It's it's not
1: um The thing is, is that in the LA Times article, which Lorena and Kyle for some weird reason didn't read, I mean, I devoured that thing. Like the minute it it. dropped, I was like, oh my God. Um, It says right in there that they were, that they were, um, they reached out to them for comment and they declined to comment. So when you reach out for comment, because also like a newspaper, you have to do that as a journalist, like you have to go and get the Mm -hmm. other person's side or their comment. And sometimes you have to even just present things to them in a fact checking uh sense like you Mm be like oh is this true is this true and then some people will like either say yes it's true or no it's not true and then some people will just be like take the fifth you know and it sounds like they took the fifth but like they were they were contacted about this and that was probably like at least a week before it dropped so she knew she absolutely knew it was coming and they would have known exactly what kind of stuff was in it by the questions that were given
0: And yet, she decided in the moment to be like, I had no idea. These things that are very easy to rebut. However, Kyle and Rena, I think, are making the choice to not allow themselves to take in and process new information that can maybe lead them or force them to change their mind about their friend I wouldn't put I honestly wouldn't put Kyle in that bucket I would 1000% put Lisa Rinna there and I think yeah. Dorit is trying to convince herself she doesn't know this stuff in real time which is fascinating like Rinna doesn't want to know anything so that she can they just say be this friends is wrong
1: with them with her still and my question is what is she given back to you friendship wise what has she given to you like she took you for a ride in her lamborghini that she didn't own mm-hmm. like what did she like what like what kind of like support has she been there for you does she talk to you when you're not filming does she only speak to you when you're filming you know did she um like even the 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 christmas card that she sent to what lisa Rena? Oh, no, i'm sorry that the 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 um the uh the grief, what do you call it when someone um, oh a sympathy card, a
0: sympathy, sympathy card. Yeah, she took a photo of and
1: took a photo of. That's cold. She's a cold person. I don't know what they're getting. I don't really know what Rena is getting out of this friendship wise. I don't. So.
0: I mean, she's getting protection. I think that Kiki said this, I think, the talk of shame on our last episode, um, or it, was, it might have been bravo, bravo, ducking, bravo. But, like, these women are afraid of Erica and, to an extent, Kathy in a, in a different way. But, like, Kathy, they're afraid of the truth. Erica, God, they're afraid Kathy's of being chewed great. apart. Oh, my God. Yeah. Of everything. Oh, my God. But- and she's
1: like, well, it's good practice.
0: <laughs> there was a look when kathy was like a couple martinis deep and those were not fake this time she was like bottomings up for real where kathy's face there was like some sort of the camera turned to her and she was just processing more the alcohol than the truth and it was just <laughs> absolute bliss it was television but excellence. she knows
1: kathy also knows and kathy because kathy immediately was like i don't know her Meanwhile, mm-hmm. she's been on vacation with her to, like, Big Sur, right, and and, uh, and LaQuinta. She's not, she doesn't not know her. Like, she, they've, they've socialized.
0: I mean, but she doesn't know her. They've. I think Ashley is seen, socializes with a lot of people that she doesn't necessarily know. It was the most yeah. honest thing because these women should also say, I don't know her. Because it mm-hmm. turns out you maybe don't. You maybe saw a version of her, but it's not the entirety of her. And what's happening? That was I think that's
1: what Doree is is yes. kind of that's like what where she is.
0: And I think it's also the conflict of uh, the idea that the person that you thought you knew is broader. The picture of Erica Jane is broader than the one that was presented initially or the one that you've always believed doesn't mean the old one was a complete lie. doesn't mean this one is the absolute truth, but I think the reality lands somewhere in the middle. And that is something that when it comes to like the Lisa Rinna cycle, it's going to be very difficult for her to come through this unscathed because you are gaslighting us from this second half of her, which mm-hmm. happens to be for m- many reasons, possibly the most important. You're pretending that yeah. this is a lie or doesn't matter. And that's not really the conversation that everyone else wants to have.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they all seem like they're good with her now. I, oh, but you know it's very weird Tell is that they, they all seem like they're good with her on social media because like garcelle like i think mm-hmm. did like a happy birthday wishes to erica or whatever kind of oh. recently and then but renna after two weeks ago the episode from two weeks ago Rena was like posted something in her stories and then almost immediately deleted it but she was like mm-hmm. funny how they didn't show erica screaming at producers so like what was that was she trying to tell tales out of school or what was that
0: about she was trying to fuck with production. She was trying to Uh-oh. say that production uh, lied to her or misrepresented to Erica how the whole thing about the Tom's calls were going to be had. And so Erica mm-hmm. had a meltdown about it. So I initially was like, oh my God, Lisa Rinna's coming to the truth. And then I was like, nope, this is just she's doing a Uh-oh. Kim Kardashian Snapchat moment, which was like super disappointing. Do you think that Rinna's going to come out of this unscathed? How does Rinna, is Rinna ever going to unrinna herself? Like, what's the conclusion here? No, she
1: always seems to get away with it. She always seems to skate by. It, she's always, you know, she she has been clinging onto fame with mm-hmm. her nails for decades now. And has, you know, managed to still stay in the spotlight and she'll do anything it takes, including using her daughter as a storyline, including supporting and making jokes about her daughter dating a 38-year-old man with three children who's been in and out mm-hmm. of rehab she will do anything. She'll do anything. So.
0: And she takes a lot of joy out of it. Erica, it's like if we're going to criticize Erica for not showing sympathy, Lisa Renna is right behind. Like when it comes I, to the lack of empathy or understanding, both for her other co-stars to try to betray them for feeling upset is like crime number one. And crime number two is just her general narrative, which is Why did really- she give.
1: Denise such a hard time for like you know um, getting a little you know sapphic or whatever (laughs) like why didn't she like give her the hard time about like having sex with with Brandy and then even like when Denise was denying it like yeah Denise didn't want to say that shit on camera because her kids were going to see it and she had no idea Brandy's not on the show she had no idea that was going to come out so Rena was a real ass for doing that
0: and she constantly references it and she thinks she's doing it as a part of her own accountability arc or like forgiveness for me narrative. And mm-hmm. it sucks. I think the other part of the episode that really I was like, shut the fuck up is Teddy Mellencamp who was there <laughs> God. for absolutely no reason aside from protecting Erica. And I can understand that, but I still was like, you weren't hired back. This is a very important scene you are helping protect her in ways that's stifling conversation. And the idea that we won't ever know is not reason enough to stop yeah. the conversation. So shut the fuck yeah. up.
1: Oh, my God. When Garcelle was like, Teddy's annoying. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Perfect. Hi, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nail on the head.
0: She is a gnat because I'm fucking bugging out when I see her at that fucking dinner. Like, what are you doing there? Don't you have carrots cause... to steal from people who pay you hundreds of dollars a month for your disordered eating factory? Is that a not, not enough money for you? Like, can we get all out of this? Can I tag myself out of the Teddy Mellencamp game? Because she, you know, she blocked me on social after I asked her about carrots. So I don't even know. I don't even
1: know. <laughs> Why didn't you just mute you when you block someone? It's like, you know, letting them know that you bo- that they bothered you.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't I think just she hit was, mute. I mean, I guess she was holding me accountable for asking about a vegetable. Uh, uh-huh. Listen, and, uh, you know, I die for you. You know, I'm obsessed with you. I could talk to you about <laughs> Beverly Hills and New York. Technically, we're, we're in the city. That should be enough. Um, Can you tell the people how to follow you online? Listen to pod psychology and more.
1: Yeah, you can find Pot Psychology wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I am at Tracy Morrissey, Tracy with an IE, uh, on everything. And um, also, um, I have a website where I sell um, a curation of smoking accessories. So there's like bongs and things. But I also have um, I have uh, something that I call um, uh, corporate swag, which is um, when I take, you know, logos, from corporations and organizations, and some of our favorite movies, and put them on a mug, like something maybe that someone in that movie would have received, or a sweatshirt. So I have stuff from *True Beverly Hills*, and *Working Girl*, and *Don't Mama, the Babysitters Dead*, and *Big Business*. So um, you can check that out at PipeDreams.Fun. And for *Andy's Girls* listeners, a ten mm. percent discount <gasps> if you just type in AG2021.
0: Oh, my God. I'm going to do that because I've had my eye on the Trask Industries mug. And you have that pink sweatshirt. I want the Lena Dunham one. But there's another one, too, that I'm super into. What is it? Oh, my God. I forget. But, guys, I'm going to include the discount code in the show notes for this episode and a link to purchase. And well, I, myself, just so you guys are aware, it will be procuring myself a Trask Industries because uh, one of the best movies of all time. Uh, guys, while you're handing over some cash for a reason and celebrating that fantastic idea, which I will be doing as well, join the Andes Girls Patreon. It's the number one way to support the podcast. You get exclusive bonus episodes and invites to special events and more. Patreon.com slash Andes Girls. New episode up now with bonus satchels of gold and some inside scoop on uh, episodes and so much. And P.S. You are going to want to follow me on social media trust every day but specifically this week you're gonna want to follow me on wednesday at dame galley on instagram that's all i'm gonna say for now trust me you're gonna want to see my instagram <laughs> stories so do that uh instagram at dame galley tracy morrissey oh my god listen it's not a b i can't stop making bee humor <laughs>
1: know.
0: an a plus plus conversation Aww. guys follow tracy while you're following me on instagram hope everybody's staying safe staying sane getting vaccinated if you can and we will talk to you soon bye-bye. Bye bye-bye